After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where leaders inspire leaders. Greater Good Radio Hawaii is dedicated to social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Evan Leong, and with me is my co-host, Carrie Leong. Thank you, Evan. Today's guest is Peter Kay, one of Hawaii's most recognized technology visionaries. Peter developed Hawaii's first internet classes, first commercial website, and most of the local blue chip company's first online presence. Peter has appeared on the cover of Midweek Magazine and Hawaii Business Magazine. He was named Entrepreneur of the Year by Ernst & Young, and Pacific Business News recognized Peter as one of Hawaii's top 40 leaders under 40 years old, with one of his companies being recognized by PBN's Fastest 50 list for three different years. You may have heard him as a voice behind the Your Computer Minute radio program or read his technology column for road runners around town. His latest company, Titan Key Software, created a patent-pending anti-spam technology and has developed a global distribution and supplier network. Please welcome to Greater Good Radio, Peter Kay. Wow. I hate long bios like that. i got to shorten that thing. That was the shortened version. That's too damn long. That is too I damn. shortened it. I, I, can't, I'm, I'm like, I can't bear hearing that read, but anyway. Thank that, you for, that was only like one-third of it, and I shortened okay, it. Okay, good. Well, <laughs> thank you for inviting me. It's good fun to do this. That okay. just shows how well-established you are. Yeah, I know. But it's like, oh, my God, stop already with this Peter K guy. Is this? Oh, are you like Jesus, 80 years old? You have a lot of stuff. And, and we have a lot to talk about. Can you tell us about your first adventure as an entrepreneur? First adventure as an entrepreneur in Hawaii over 20 years ago. This is back in 1984. First came to uh, the shores, 21-year-old, 21-year-old punk, and, uh, you know, the, the typical classic Howley, Howley comes to Hawaii, doesn't want to go back home kind of story, and uh, I was uh, I was always a soft, well. You fell in love, or what happened? Absolutely. You know, uh -huh. well, I'm originally from Chicago, so okay. anybody from Chicago, you walk over, you're like, oh, my God, <laughs> this mm -hmm. is it. So it was one of those things where I connected instantly with Hawaii and knew that this was going to the place where I was going to live for the rest of my life. And uh, started looking around for a job because back then I was just 21 and I was a software engineer and uh, really not an entrepreneur at all and was looking for a job. But back then in the mid-80s, 1984, uh, there really wasn't much of a job market for uh, microcomputer type programmers, which is that's where I came from. There was our mainframe programmer jobs and, you know, IT department kind of programmer jobs, but no kind of software developer's job in the traditional, in the new sense. There weren't really any, that many microcomputers at that's the right. time, that were there? That's right. That was 1984, right. right. Mm -hmm. The IBM PC was in 81. So this is just the very, very beginning of the PC revolution. So really there was no jobs per se. And so, uh, you know, what do you do when you're unemployed? Well, you start a business. So what happened was I got involved with some people who had a company and they needed a technical person. And so it actually was a whole big farce because they needed a technical person, but they didn't want to pay for a technical person. So instead I was made a partner <laughs> and a partner is a cool way of saying, look, why don't you come on board and work for free? <laughs> so, but that was my first sort of entry into sort of entrepreneuring. And I was really uh, just a programmer at that time and um, did some programming, but the company never made it actually. They how, just, how long did it last for? Didn't last even for, they didn't go past, not even a year. I think they went for about like six months. Um, but that was the first sort of instance of sort of feeling like a partner. So what did you learn from that? 
what you learn is that, well, it was, it was that company and the one that was followed up right behind it where we developed a software product. Long and short was, what I learned was, you want to succeed as an entrepreneur, you got to do sales, bruh. Because I was a programmer mm-hmm. then, just a programmer. And so really the lesson was, you know, you've really, really got to do sales. And I don't think it's possible for an entrepreneur to succeed without really being a killer salesperson. Were you always uh, pretty good at sales? Because I was never good at sales. I had no idea what sales was. I was a programmer. Programmers. I can't imagine you being a programmer now. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't match. It doesn't you know, fit the brand, right? Yeah. It, well, programmers. Remember, you have to realize programmers know that all salespeople are BSers. <laughs> you know that all sales all salespeople are are liars. That's all. That, that's how they do their stuff. They lie and they sort of twist the truth and they they somehow use a Jedi mind trick to talk customers into buying stuff. That's what all programmers believe. <laughs> so absolutely not a salesperson. But the 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 lesson you know you could either when you're presented with a lesson you could either follow the lesson and learn from it or ignore the lesson to be. Uh, to fade, to be fated to relearn it again and again throughout your life, right? Mm-hmm. So the lesson was be a salesperson. So I knew I had to be a salesperson, and um, without knowing really what to do, I did the funky thing as I walked into a library and I said, please, library, give me the right book that will let me be a good salesperson. And I walked to the, I found the, sort of the section where all the sales books was, and I pulled out the, the first book I pulled out was the last book I pulled out, which was The One-Minute Salesperson. I don't know if you read that book. Great book. The One Minute Salesperson. By the same guy that did The One Minute Manager. Oh, Kenneth Blanchard? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great book. One minute's more of my reading spectrum, so exactly. that would match me. Well, it's not just a minute. For me, my reading spectrum is it's got to be a thin book. I don't want to buy I, thick books I don't like. Mm-hmm. Thick books means that the author doesn't really know what they're talking about, and they got to take a, you know 300 pages to, to explain it. A 20-page book, a 50-page book is like, okay, this guy knows what he's talking about. Or a 20-page book on audio. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> right. So I, I took out the one-minute salesperson, and that's how I learned sales, and I've never looked back ever since. I mean, it's always been, I kind of understood what sales really is, what sales really is. Actually, and I, I hope one day to explain this to other programmers, sales is really an engineering exercise. It's really engineering. You're really understanding a customer's problem and engineering a solution for it. Uh, and providing it to them. And so, so what was what was next then? What came after that? You got into this company. They brought you in as a partner. You kind of saw it from the Fizzled top up. down. And first two companies went bang, went 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 belly up. Didn't make it for lack of sales. Did you lose money in those? Or? No, because I was sort of like the partner. So I mm-hmm. I lost my time. There was no money per se. Didn't have any money to invest. You um, were selling software. Yeah, the second company we had developed a software product, and it was sort of like a precursor to today's to today's act. Have you heard of ACT? ACT is okay. a sort of a sales management software where you like maintain CRM. leads. Sort of a CRM, if you will. We, it was a CRM that was specifically suited for the insurance industry. It was a really cool product. Developed it from top to bottom, had it already shipped, discs, the whole deal, distribution system, everything. But the sales never materialized. How, how long were you involved with that company? The two of them, the first two, took, I'd say, overall, probably about 18 months from start to finish. And both flopped. And by the time 18 months had transpired, I just moved here, right? I had no money left whatsoever. So you guys had production model, I mean production versions of the software in only 18 months? Yeah, absolutely. I, in fact, the, the last one I did was even less than 18 months. It was probably, it took me about, I'd say about six months to get it from start to finish. Huh. Those are back in the older days where one program could actually develop software in that short of time. It's amazing. Well, back then it was, it was not, you know, not a lot more complicated because mm-hmm. the, there's a lot more of an expectation from the user. There's a lot more richness. That, back then, you know, 20 years ago, it wasn't, that, wasn't mm-hmm. quite as rich. It was able to do that. Back then, one programmer could write a game. You know, right now you got to have a Hollywood studio to write a game. Mm-hmm. Um, so times have changed, but uh, you know, it was after. So I ran out of money completely. And, and a, a, actually, herein lies another good story. Came down to my last dollar bill. I had one dollar. Where literally. were you living? 
I was living in an apartment that I had rented uh, with a roommate. But, you know, cash-wise, I had one physical dollar. <laughs> that was it. That's all I had left. So what do you do when you, what do you, do when you got a buck left? Well, I went into McDonald's and I bought a chocolate shake. Uh-huh. Chocolate shakes back then were less than a buck. Um, and uh, so that's what it was. And uh, it was interesting because the very next day, as luck would have it, fate, right? That's why I know I'm supposed to be in Hawaii. Uh, the very next day, uh, I look in my mailbox and there's a check. Where's the check from? Well, the check was from uh, some guy had rear-ended me. I was on Sunset Beach weeks before, and some guy had rear-ended me. And the <laughs> check was a sort of an insurance payment to fix the car, which, of mm-hmm. course, I never fixed because I used the money to eat. And um, a day or day or so after that, I get a phone call from a guy, Mark Wong, who today oh, operates the commercial, commercial data, data systems. systems. Back then, he had a company called Microtech. And Mark Wong calls me and says, hey, you know what? Uh, we've, we're, we're getting this big contract. I need a programmer. I saw your resume. Somehow, I think I had something my resume, you know, weeks, months ago, whatever. And, you know, we need a programmer. Can you come down and talk to us right now? <laughs> I was like, huh. yeah. I can come down and talk to you right now. So that was sort of uh, my first and last and only job I've ever had. Uh, lasted for nine months before his company split. And uh, then we started another company called Zentech. And Zentech, I knew about sales, and Zentech was the first success that we had. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Audi sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion. Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. GreaterGoodRadio.com You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at GreaterGoodRadio.com. Today's guest is Peter Kay, one of Hawaii's most recognized technology visionaries and the voice behind the Your Computer Minute radio program. What was Zentech about? What, what did the company do? What we did on Zentech is we sold uh, Unix-based uh, PCs running Unix. Mm-hmm. And uh, for accounting system and re- accounting systems primarily, and reservation systems in town, but that company grew fairly reasonably well. We became the largest. There was a brand of Unix that we sold called SCO Unix, which was the first brand of Unix that ran on PCs. We became the largest SCO reseller in the state. Uh, grew to a reasonable size. It was uh, we had about six full time employees at its peak, and uh, that lasted for about uh, six years until 1992. And uh, it was a partnership. It was a, a three way equal partnership. And That's more of a reseller type agreement, exactly. then, right? We're a reseller. We you, sold you didn't hardware. develop we, no, technology. We did some development. I did. A, okay. In fact, I, I developed some. Uh, I developed quite a bit of custom software for the the travel industry. I had mm-hmm. uh, I had a reservation system for a helicopter tour company on uh, Kauai. I did. I don't know if you remember the company Island Getaways. I don't know if you remember that Island Getaways. That mm-hmm. was that was a big account of ours. I did all of their. I wrote their entire automation system from start to finish for Island Getaways. Um, so that was that was a fun that was a fun deal. Mm-hmm. That lasted for six years. That ended because I realized it was a partnership, and uh, after six years of working, we never got into any kind of big fights like you kind of hear about partners getting into. We never got into big beefs. 
but I knew that this the nature of the way the partnership was structured and the way we didn't have any clear direction or clear leadership. So it was sort of like three guys doing whatever they kind of feel like doing with three more employees around us. I knew that we weren't, we weren't going to be able to grow to any significant uh, size, at least what I was uh, what I was aspiring to. So I had a choice. Either I was going to fight the whole thing or or honorably get out of it. So I sold out. I said, hey, guys, you know, God bless you, your company. I'm going to go and go off and do something else. So the big lesson, you know, there's always lessons, right? So the big lesson of, of Zentec was not so much don't get involved in a partnership, but there's there always needs to be clear leadership. There must be clear leadership. If you don't have clear leadership and some serious, some sense of the power to have consequences of that leadership, you're really not going to have a company that's cohesive. And uh, that was the end of that lesson. Hmm. And then you immediately started the next company. Uh, no, I took a break. I took a two. I took two years off and kind of cruised around. We did a couple of funky things. Uh, did some consulting gigs on the mainland. Uh, we actually tried to move to the Big Island. I lived in Pune. I lived in the lava fields of Pune for a while. Were you trying so. to find yourself for something? No, that was at the time when the let's see, this was ninety two. Uh, in ninety two, the big everybody was crying about how expensive homes were. I don't know if you remember that. That was like one of the. That was like at right kind like of like now. At, what's that? <laughs> kind of like now. Kind of like now, but uh -huh. except thirteen years ago. You know, everybody was saying, "Oh my God, three hundred thousand dollars for a home? There's no way we can afford it. That housing's way too expensive." Because the homes used to go for one hundred fifty grand, not too many years before that, right before the Japanese bubble. Uh -huh. So uh, we uh, went to the big, the Big Island in search of affordable housing, and we found it. We found a, a you know a quarter acre plot of land for like twenty five thousand dollars, and you know built a little <laughs> tiny house for twenty five thousand dollars on top of that. But then we realized why the housing in, in on the Big Island is so cheap because there's no jobs, mm -hmm. <laughs> so there's no there's no economy. That's why everything is so cheap. So anyway, long story short, there was a quick uh, kind of a quick aside, and then uh, ninety. So this was in ninety two. So in ninety four, I was uh, doing some teaching. I was teaching at the Honolulu Community College, and uh, we Honolulu Community College actually built one of the first websites anywhere in the world, not just only the first one in Hawaii. They're one of the first websites ever built, and they were one of the top, if not one of definitely the top websites ever back then. And anyway, so it's a great place. I saw the web, and I saw this thing called what was called Mosaic, which was a browser, the first browser, mm -hmm. the precursor to IE and to Netscape. And the minute I saw it, the minute I thought, man, this is it. This thing is going to change the whole world upside down. You mean I can... I can click and I could see this document in front of me that's coming from France and the pictures are from France and I could click and I could go to New York and I could, oh my God, this is going to change Hawaii's economy forever. And uh, I was teaching a Unix class and I had the uh, IT department from Outrigger Hotels taking this class. Now this was not an internet class because internet classes did not exist yet. And I was sitting, I was just teaching them about the, they had just bought a Unix system so I was teaching them how to administer it, etc. And the class got out early. We finished all the material a little bit early. And I said, hey, you know, uh, you know, we got out early. Let me show you guys this new piece of technology that, that's coming in. It's called the Internet. And uh, I flashed a browser on the screen. I said, this is a Mosaic browser. And I could click and I could click there. And I found one of the, uh, one of the first primitive search engines. This was before Yahoo ever existed. And uh, Joe DeRocher was uh, in the class. Joe DeRocher is the uh, chief information officer of Outrigger Hotels. And Joe, Joe says, type in hotels. So I type in hotels. This is a true story. I type in hotels. I hit the go button, and nothing comes up. Nothing. There were no hotels online at that time. And so Joe looked at me, and I looked at him, and we knew what we were saying. And he says, hey, we want you to build a website for Outrigger. And uh, that's how it started. And so I uh, went to uh, Joe DeRocher, and 
because of my previous experience in sales and companies and Zentech, I kind of knew what to do. You know, I put a proposal in front of Outrigger, say, look, I'll build a website for you. It's going to cost you $40,000, and uh, I'm going to need a $20,000 deposit. And they sat on it for a little bit, and they said, okay, you're on. Here's your check for twenty grand, and that was the first check I deposited in Cybercom's bank account. So Cybercom had no other um, partners except for you. Exactly, because that was the previous lesson, right? The previous mm-hmm. lesson of, Cyber, of Zentech was don't get into partnerships, or at least don't get to a place where you can't lead. Did you do all the programming yourself then? No, of course not. I had okay. great college students at HCC, Honolulu Community College, that were already trained because mm-hmm. they already had built one of the best websites in the world at the time. So they had all the expertise. <laughs> so you you just you pretty much packaged the the resources that were already there. I packaged the resources and that were already there. Uh, and I'm a programmer too, awesome. so I'm not afraid of it, right? No mm-hmm. big deal. But those guys knew how to do it from soup to nuts. And uh, we had an office that was, I think it was um, 50 square feet. I think it was a 50 square foot office. Yeah, I think it was. Well, here, the office was so small, we had two, it, it would fit two six foot tables in it and three chairs in the middle of it. Should we talk after the break on this one? Okay. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Is the greatest part of your workday the leftover lasagna you packed for lunch? Is it quickly becoming apparent that you and everyone you know are smarter than your boss? Just how satisfying is it to wear an untucked shirt on Fridays? It's time you stopped filling a position and started being fulfilled with a job that excites you every day, not just payday. And now is the perfect time to demand more of the work week. The Honolulu Star Bulletin and Midweek work with Monster so you can live up to your potential right here. Your calling is calling. Find it at starclassifieds.monster.com. We're back with Peter Kay, one of Hawaii's most recognized technology visionaries and the voice behind the York Computer Minute radio program. You had a number of seats available. Yeah, so we had, we, it was uh, 50 square feet. It would fit two six-foot tables and enough oh. room inside for three chairs. Now here's, <laughs> And it was so tight that I was the guy furthest in, and when I had to get out to go to an appointment or to go to the bathroom, the two other guys had to get out of the office for me to get out of the office. <laughs> That's a true story. <laughs> and then it grew to what size? We grew to be the lar- Well, we were the largest. We were the fastest 50 for three mm-hmm. years. Uh, we grew to, uh, we were the largest web developer by far. We had 25 full-time people at the peak, almost 30 full-time people at the peak. Wow. Uh, we did, I think, uh, our big year, our biggest year, we did like $2.7 in sales, I think, something like that. Uh, so we were cranking. Yeah, that's spectacular. Right, we were cranking. You so know? were you getting new customers while you're building the Outrigger site, or did you have to? Well, no one knew about first? what was going. No one even knew what the internet was. Uh-huh. But once it was a, 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 the most phenomenal way to sort of enter into the market, because Outrigger was you know huge, and boom, that was the break. And Outrigger was the most demonstrated web. All my competitors demonstrated their they demonstrated Outrigger as a great idea for a website to get their own deals. But yeah, Outrigger started, and then they just just snowballed. That's amazing. We'll, we'll come back to that in the after show because yeah. I know there's a lot of questions Tons. that we have for that. Tons. I wanted to talk more about the social aspect of what you're involved with, community-based um, organizations, and how you're you know you're sure. doing the social entrepreneurship sure. thing yourself. Sure. Can you explain that a little bit? Sure. It's called Your Computer Minute. Think about it. Your Computer Minute. Have you ever heard me pitch anything ever on Your Computer Minute? Never. 
I've never pitched anything, but I'm the most well-recognized, well, I like to believe that I'm the most well-recognized technology guy in Hawaii. Why is that? Because everybody listens to computer, why do people listen to Computer Minute? Because they all get something out of it. There's, it's always educational. Mm-hmm. So that was one attempt at sort of, you know, blending a, a social engineering or social, not social engineering, I guess, social, uh, what do you call it? You, a community, what do you call it? Social entrepreneurship. Social entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. That was my way of doing social entrepreneurship. I'm gonna, I capitalized on the idea that everybody, everybody feels uncomfortable, not so much uncomfortable, but everybody knows that they're only using 10% of the computer that they paid for. Mm-hmm. And everybody would like to get little handy tips to help them feel more uh, intelligent, more productive, and know how to use their computer better. So I capitalized on this sort of fear, if you will. People were sort of, People have this sort of fear that they don't quite know enough about, you know, what's going on uh, in in the computer area, and so that's what your computer minute was. It's always a tip, and what ends up it has become and stayed. I think we're in our ninth year now of doing your computer minute, uh, and it's still as popular now as as it always was. And so what we're doing with it is we're helping people, and by helping people, it's strengthening the brand. That was sort of one one way that we did our social entrepreneurship. Does it strengthen the Titan Key brand or the Your Computer Minute brand? It strengthens the Peter K brand. Okay. It strengthens the Peter K brand. And the Peter K brand is this is why I sort of, you know, we're sort of now Peter K sort of this uh, so, uh, serial entrepreneur. You know, first he did uh, Cybercom. Now he's doing Titan Key. Um, you know, hopefully Titan Key is going to have a really cool, a really cool ending story to it. You know, what's going to be next? You know, how is this sort of evolving leader? What's this? What's this crazy guy doing next? Basically, is what Tom the, Podcast comes. TomPodcast dot com podcasting exactly, exactly, exactly. One sort of one string after the other. Serial entrepreneur. So you have a different kind of viewpoint in terms of your spiritual integration with your family and your work and your personal goals. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Sure, absolutely. I think. Um, well, you know, I think it comes with getting older, right? <laughs> you figure you figure out what the hell is going on <laughs> in your life. Oop! Can I say on to you? You're not even that old. <laughs> You know, I mean, everything's real. Well, I'm 40, yeah. 40, 42. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so everything's relative. I think the I've been well, Cybercom was a great lesson because we we took it to, you know, relatively speaking to insane heights. Uh, we had a great company, a great company culture. And we also had the honor to see that a a market was going away, which was high end web development, which is what we did. And we saw the high-end web development market going away, and we saw it in enough time, and we were able to honorably get out of that business without having any casualties whatsoever. So that sort of what that did is it sort of satisfied the one-time ego of being a CEO of a big, successful company, Hawaiian style, big. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that satisfied the ego. So now the question is, well, what is why are you here? What do you really want to accomplish? If you if you believe in the fantasy for a moment that you can create anything that you put your mind to, if you believe in that for a moment, and I do, I believe that you can, cl- clearly it's been shown that you can do anything you set your mind to. So now the question is, well, what do you really want to do? And then the question is, how big, how much courage do you have to dream? How big do you have the courage to dream? And then once you decide how big you have the courage to dream, then do you have the courage to follow the dream? So that melts in with the idea of what does success mean really? What does it truly mean to be successful? Well, to me, what it means to be successful is to be respected by everyone, to be respected by your wife, to be respected by your children, to be respected by your coworkers, 
by your peers, by your vendors, by your customers. Um, I don't believe success is financial only. It's There's a lot of people, and we all know of them, that are very financially successful, but they're just awful people to work with or deal with. <laughs> you know, That's not what I would consider. I would not want that kind of a success. So the idea is to find a success that's related more to the fulfillment, uh, what they call self-realization, right? What, what am I here to... What am I here to be able to, what am I here for? What, what is the grand plan that I'm here to accomplish? And I think I, 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 I put that together into uh, actually a little prayer <laughs> that comes on my screensaver. Like a mantra. It's a mantra. And my mm-hmm. mantra is, give me the eyes to see the path that you have shown before me. So the idea is that we all have a path throughout life. And I will follow that path. I will follow it blindly, per se, without any expectation of where it's supposed to end. I will follow the path if I can see it. So that's why, hence, show me the, give me the eyes. Because if I have the eyes to see the path, I will follow it. Okay? So give me the eyes to see the path that you have shown before me. The path is there. So really what I've done with my life now is, is moved it from a part to, uh, it's more of, it's very akin to riding down a river and knowing, having the sense to know when your canoe is in the current of the river versus getting beached on the side. So life's path is like a current. And I've spent a lot of time the past at least five or six years of my life trying to be sensitive to the path. Am I on the path or am I off the path? And I've now developed a sensitivity. I know when I'm off the path. I know what it feels like to be off the path. And I know what it feels like to be on the path. And uh, being on the path is really fun. You know, Cybercom's great lesson was that, uh, it was a lesson that my parents taught me, actually. lesson was, you can be really successful if you completely work your butt off and kill yourself. <laughs> you could do it. But I think the real issue was, I believe, out of Cybercom was, you know, I think you can be more successful and not have to work anywhere near as hard. There's a way to do that. And the way I believe is to do this is to be on the path. So it's all about being on the path. So what does the path have for you next? What what are you seeing? There's a couple of things that the path has for me next. I um, on the on strictly. Well, are we talking about the business side? Or are we talking about the this is your uh, life? Huh? I mean, what what you know the yeah. path where if oh, someone okay. heard this part okay. for Peter Kay's path, Good. maybe they say maybe cool. that inspires me for my own. Oh, okay. Well, here's the here's the way that the that the path is sort of showing itself before me. What's going to happen is Titan Key Software is going to. Uh, give its investors a very, very good multiple on their investment. And we're going to take that money from Titan Key, and I see myself becoming a um, a different kind of angel venture capital investor in Hawaii. So instead of just being sort of an angel venture capitalist that just kind of gives money and then expects a return, uh, I see myself sort of getting involved in a very uh, uh, intimate level with the, uh, with, with the company. So I can see, for example... Um, Hanging out at UH, uh, you know, seeing all the bright minds over there, using the years, 20 plus years of entrepreneuring that I have, probably functioning as a, cha- a board chairman, if you will, but getting quite involved with the kids and uh, not only helping them financially to get the company funded, but helping it succeed. And uh, I could see leverage, you know, you talked about leverage in mm-hmm. one of your things. So it's all really all about leverage. So what I'd want to be able to do is to, you know, start a, a collection of properties and not real estate properties, but, but business properties and funding them and nurturing them and growing them and 
basically training the next generation of entrepreneurs and hopefully be able to embed in them a sense of it goes beyond the shores. It's not just, you know, it's a global world. And we really, I really, 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 I mean, we really, really, really need to think globally. Uh, and we don't think globally anywhere near enough in Hawaii as we should. We think more island-wise. And it's a great thing to think island but we need to think globally. So that's what I would do. That's where the path is going. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Hawaiian time, Neptunites, the sunshine in your mouth. Neptunites, For bubble tea supplies in your home, at a party or business, contact Bubble Tea Supply at 948-2622 or online at bubbletea.com. Neptunites, the sunshine in your mouth. How do you sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. GreaterGoodRadio.com You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at GreaterGoodRadio.com. Today's guest is Peter Kay, one of Hawaii's most recognized technology visionaries and the voice behind the York Computer Minute radio program. What would you say if you could give advice to entrepreneurs that are starting new businesses? Um, what advice would you give? We don't have three hours to respond to that one, so in the short <laughs> in the short amount of time, I would say one real simple thing. Actually, uh, one simple thing is: uh, have you heard the story about the uh, the burning the the captain uh, burning of the ships? Have you heard about that one? There was some. Uh, I don't know the if Greek it's a, story where they burn the ships and burn there's the ship, nowhere to go. Nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. You know that story? Mm-hmm. Okay, so the story goes that basically there, uh, it's a military story. It's a myth. It's either it's a myth or it's true. It doesn't matter. It's a good story. Um, a captain is uh, been given orders to uh, to take over an island, and so he goes on the island, and it's like absolutely impossible odds to win and overtake the enemy. So what does the captain do? He orders that the ships be burned. The ships that carry them on this island be burned, and the idea is there's no way out. We either gonna we either gonna die or we're gonna we're gonna make it through. And part of me says that's sort of the way that you got to take if you're gonna be, especially if you're gonna be a first time entrepreneur, you really have to set it up. If you really want to succeed, if you want a really good uh, a good um, a good powerful motivator to succeed, make this the only possible thing. It's either do this or die. Uh, I had a friend of mine a long time ago who's a great electrician, probably the probably the best, most talented electrician in the country, and I would pit him against anybody. And uh, he was asked, he goes, you know, I was thinking about opening up a um, a hot dog stand. What do you think? Now, my good friend is, not only is he a good electrician, he's one of these sort of union kind of guys, you know, fully believes, you know, old style, fully believes in the union. I said, Chris, here's what you got to go do. Go back into that union hall, take your union card, Show it to everybody and then light a fire to it, burn it. 
right in front of everyone's eyes so you can never go back to that union and then you'll succeed on your hot dog stand. And he said, yeah, thanks. I'm not going to go do it. <laughs> thanks for joining us today on Greater Good Radio. For more information or a transcript of today's show, please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. This is your host, Evan Leong and Carrie Leong, saying please join us next time for another episode of Greater Good Radio Hawaii.